Hello, everybody. Welcome to World One One Podcast. I'm your host, Eddie V. Joining me is my co host and awesome guy, Mr. Adrian Nieto. What's going on, everyone? Everything's going good. How's your weekend been? Ah, tiresome, but with a lot of Star Fox, which is, which is good times. Yeah, I haven't started mine yet. I still got the box. I love the box art. That box art oh, is it so looks nice. So good. Oh, yes. Um, I haven't started. I'm wearing my Star Fox Zero shirt right now. Oh, so jealous! I'm really jealous. Oh, I see. I don't know I if see. you'll be able to to take a look in the back, but can you see it? Uh-uh. You have to stand up. It says, well, whatever. It says, I, I'm not going to see it anyway. <laughs> it says um, flight crew. Yeah, it, it says flight crew. Yeah. Oh. Which is really cool. I, um, I think at PAX, um, they were doing, uh, if you come, uh, and play the game and get tickets, you could trade the tickets in and get t-shirts for PAX. Oh, and I think that same t-shirt you got, um, they had, and I, my, one of my, uh, uh, Jesus from, uh, Simon's Cakes, he was there, yeah. and I didn't realize. Yeah, he. Oh, go ahead. Yeah, they're all there. Yeah. Ah, shout out to Cyrus Cakes. Um, he was there, and I thought he was going today, and he's just like, "No, I didn't get this day's pass," and I'm just like, "No, I wanted a shirt." Aww. So, uh, hopefully, Nintendo is selling one. Uh, hopefully, I, uh, my Nintendo rep comes in and um. Uh, while he's uh doing his work, uh, we get some trinkets and I could get <laughs> a t-shirt from him. Um, that would be cool. Be Although I, I, I don't know this this look kind of limited, so uh, I hope I hope you get one. But I want it, that. It will be hard to find that. Yeah. I I want that one and I want the white t-shirt with the fox on it. I'm just like, oh, please, someone make this. Come on, Nintendo, sell this. I need the shirt so bad. Uh, I know I've been playing the the, uh, the division. Um, getting I think close to the end. I got like twelve more levels that I need to go up to be like at maximum level. Uh, but I think I'm halfway done with the game, like sixty percent done. Uh, and I am I got Star Fox and I'm ready to work on it, but I have to put it on the back burner. Uh, I, I really yeah. need to get done with the division, and then I got to play. Uh, Eat lead, uh, the Matt Hazard story. I gotta do that, uh, because the special podcast is being done with that. And I'm supposed to be starting Skyward Sword this week, so let's see how that <laughs> the goes. The famous Skyward Sword, yeah, for our discussion next month. So I gotta get ready for that for optional opinion and things, yeah. Um, but we're gonna get a little bit into uh, into the show, right? Our indie watch. Uh, Mr. Adrian Nieto, what's on your indie watch today? So, uh, for everyone uh, tuning in for the first time, Indie Watch is a small segment uh, where we talk about indie games that are out or that are coming out that we are excited to play or have played and they're still really cool. Uh, so, actually, for today, uh, we were going to talk about a, an indie game that came out, what, like almost two years ago now? Yeah, 2014. Yeah, exactly. Uh, which is uh, Shovel Knight, uh, which is the greatest indie game in history. Uh, um, shout out to Anthony Cantu, who sent me a Shovel Knight amiibo that he got for me 
Uh, thank you very much, dude. I, I really appreciate you. I have no idea how happy this makes me. Uh, this bad boy is coming to the office with me uh, so I can take a look at him every time I'm making my own games. Um, so why are we talking about Shovel Knight right now? We've talked about Shovel Knight so many times already. We've talked about Shovel Knight on Optional Opinion. I talk about Shovel Knight on the... Well, we talk about Shovel Knight on the NBC Video Game Book Club. Yes. We talk about Shovel Knight on Simon's Cake podcast. We've we talked talk about Shovel Knight... Like the sec- first or second episode, we talked about Shovel Knight here. How yeah, exactly. It. So we talk about Shovel Knight all the time. Uh, so why is it back on the radar? Uh, mostly because... Not only because I got my Amiibo, but because uh, Japan is finally getting Shovel Knight. Uh, and they have a bundle on a nice little box uh, that has the Amiibo plus the game on 3DS. Uh, is it 3DS or Wii U? I'm actually not clear on that. Um, I think it's 3DS. I think it's 3DS as well, yeah. Uh, so it's fantastic news for Japan. Uh, I'm guessing 8-4 Play did the localization for yes, that. Um, I'm not sure. Yeah, they did. I'm not sure. but I'm... Yeah, they did? Okay, yeah. there you go. Uh, so... Okay, it's been two years. Shovel Knight is finally hitting Japan. We have no idea how well it's doing or it's going to do, depending on where this goes live and when the game came out there. I'm not 100% sure on that. But why is Shovel Knight still important in your opinion? It's still important because it really brings that old NES gameplay and and like from the music the graphics the challenge like it brings it back to uh to this modern age and it just feels so right and to actually i think of it as this way definitely when it hit in japan it reminds them how games were created and were made and was just like i don't think that a lot of japanese developers you know remember how they created great games like this so i feel like to to me this was like a kind of a reminder like a, a core a course in school to relearn how to make a great game a great 8-bit old design you know that is that, that is an amazing point because because trust me if if uh kenji inafune played this game he would literally be like, wow, I used to make games like this when I got into the industry. Like, you can see that NES feel into it. Like, I think it would completely surprise them. And I think a lot of developers uh, will be surprised, um, not so much as the players, but I'm like, I think that game is needed in Japan just for the developers alone to play, to be like, wow, the influence that we put on America is coming, like, kind of back to us yeah yeah you know i'm actually um i don't know if katie nafune will play it um i hope he does but i'm thinking of other companies like um like you know like konami as well or even like capcom too right uh i wonder if some of the uh developers there will check out shovel knight they're like hey so this was a very big hit in america maybe should we revisit some of those roots? Um, because I think uh, both Konami and Capcom, they've been staying away from those things that made them great uh, right. to begin with. Um, everything Konami, and uh, this has nothing to do with Kojima, but everyone at Konami is like, you know, uh, big budget, uh, 
cinematic experiences and stuff like that, which is fine. Um, but I think, at least in my opinion, uh, Contra was what made uh, Konami great back in the day. Yes. Now, Contra was Contra was uh, sorry was Konami the developer or the publisher for Contra? Both. Konami was the developer and uh, publisher. I'm publisher. Okay, yeah. Uh, I wasn't like a hundred percent sure on that. So, like exactly, like when I think Konami, uh, like when I think good old Konami, I think Metal Gear Solid One, Contra. Those are like the two main games that are stuck in my head. I also think uh, I think they developed some of the TMNT games, right? Yeah, they did. So they made yeah, um, exactly. Uh, they actually did the arcade and they did a home conversion. Now, when yeah. uh, which is the, the story about that is weird. So, um, during the NES days, uh, you only were able to put out five games for the uh for the uh, NES. Yeah, exactly. So the Konami kind of split uh their company into two. So when you got the uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle games, uh, for the NES, they came on um under the name of Ultra, uh. And then mm-hmm. when they got to the arcade and later on uh, uh, to the Super Nintendo, they went back to having the Konami name. But it was still Ultra until, I think, uh, the Manhattan Project, which is their third game in the Turtle series for the NES. I think it's still under Ultra, but I'm, I think it went back under Konami's name. Uh, I know uh, TMNT 1 and uh, T- TMNT 2, the arcade game, those are both under the Ultra name. Yeah, so uh, like it just shows you how like good those games were back in the day, and I hope they check out Shovel Knight and they're like, man, let's let's revisit some of their roots. Let's let's get a license for TMNT again, or let's make like a new Contra game, but like really settle on that like old school art style that way it was. Um, Capcom was like, hey, no, a Mega Man, like it, this is still very popular. Let's keep making Mega Man. Uh, so I like I don't know I that's one I hope. Uh, why do I think Shovel Knight is still important? It's one of the greatest indie games out there. Um, it appeals to everyone. I mean, yes. there are many, there are many, many, many uh, amazing uh, indie games that have came out from Kickstarter or from other companies and whatnot. Uh, but I don't think uh, some of them are very accessible. Uh, last week, you guys were talking about um, Shantae and the Pirate Curse, right? Yes. Uh, which is a cool game, but I don't think is um, is as welcoming as Shovel Knight is. Well, um, the, Shovel Knight. The thing with Shantae is is that it's always been more of an American studio, Americanized game because of WayForward. Yeah. Um, a lot of WayForward projects haven't been really talked about out of the country, like in Japan and stuff like that. It's yeah. only kind of been a, such a big deal here in America because it was um, that old school, school oh, that old school platforming game that nobody was doing. So yeah, I take, yeah. Well, no, and that's fine. Yeah. Like, I mean, people from Yacht Club came out from way forward yeah. and then they started doing show on that, right? Um, yes. And the thing about Shantae is it goes all the way back to the Game Boy Advance, so it's it's a actually long... no, it goes it goes to Game Boy Color. I thought it was Advance. No, there is a Game Boy Color game I saw it on the 3DS eShop. Really? Oh, I thought it was yep. Advance. Yeah, that's why. Like I, I, I um, I'm actually trying to see if I find a physical copy uh-huh. of that game because I would love to have. 
Shantae on my Game Boy Color. Like, are you kidding me? Like, will be fantastic. Um, I'm, I'm like, I've never played, so I'm kind of curious to see how, like, how that game is. Yeah, I have uh, the Game Boy Color. Yeah, the Game Boy Color is known for having two buttons, and that's it. So, kind of curious to see how what they do with just two buttons right there, right? Well, yeah, because um, that one was like a old school platform game, just like Shovel Knight is. That's like straight yeah. platforming. Yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, my my point is that even though there's many uh, great indie games out there, I think Shovel Knight actually uh, has an entry level for all ages. Uh-huh. Uh, I check some of the games that I uh, that I like that are indie and um, you know they've been in Kickstarter or Steam Greenlight or whatever, um, which are <clears throat> stuff like the Banner Saga, which is like a tactical RPG. That's really cool, but man, you have to like you have to be very perceptive of things you have to do. It's not a very welcoming game uh, by any sense of the imagination. Uh, and then I check some other games like Joke Laylee that is coming out later as well. Yes, man, that game is gonna be hardcore N64 era. Yes, and I'm just it's straight and I, the old school wear. I'm sorry, go ahead. Exactly, no, 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 exactly. So like I'm saying, like I, I like I went back to uh, uh, to Banjo Kazooie again this year. Like I need another uh, excuse to play uh, Banjo Kazooie. I play. I, I play now uh, yearly, basically. Yeah. Um, and I was just thinking, like, man, like, I don't think, like, if I put my uh, seven-year-old nephew playing Banjo Kazooie, I don't think he'll be able to make it. Like, in all honesty, and he's good at some beauty games, but I, I think Banjo Kazooie is just too hardcore for him. I think it it depends on which. <laughs> Because I wouldn't say don't start him with Banjo Kazooie. Uh, I think maybe Crash Bandicoot would be better for him. Like Crash Bandicoot or maybe Jack and Daxter might be better before you get in, get into uh, Banjo Kazooie. Um, I think because Banjo Kazooie is such is more bigger and more linear. Uh, I don't know. I don't know if he'll get. Uh, be like, oh, I gotta keep going back to this world. I gotta, I gotta keep doing this challenge and stuff. But I think like Crash and uh, Jack and Daster kind of mix it up a little bit. Well, uh, does it though? I mean, I can't remember my experience with uh, with Crash, and I mean, Crash is fun, but I honestly, I like, I, I, I don't have the nostalgia factor uh-huh. because I didn't grow up with a PS One. Um, but I'm happy. Apparently, it's coming back next year. I think, I think so, there yeah. was a teaser for it. I think so. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I'm happy for everyone that is getting their Crash game. Uh, I don't have the nostalgia factor for it. But we've we've been talking. We've been rambling a lot. Point may is, I, may I say this about uh, about Shovel Knight? Yeah, Shovel Knight and Capcom in general. If anyone who doesn't remember the Disney games that Capcom made for the NES, if you could, if there's a way to get your hands on it, revisit DuckTales, revisit uh, Rescue Rangers. Uh, I think uh, Tailspin had one, but like kind of revisit those games and you will see why something like Shovel Knight is appreciated. Yes, Mega Man is everybody about playing Mega Man, and people are still learning and playing Mega Man. But I think a lot of people don't realize that there's additional platforming games like uh, Capcom 
the in their Disney games that really made them stand out, like platform platform games. Uh, you know, uh, Mega Man is more of an action kind of platformer, uh, but like like Ducktales and Rescue Rangers, those are like uh, platform platform games. Yeah, and um, yeah, so I mean, it's amazing show and night coming out to. Um... To Japan now on 3DS, bundled with the Amiibo, which is a beautiful, beautiful looking Amiibo. It's probably my favorite Amiibo of them all. Uh, he just looks amazing, ready for battle there. Yeah, um, really so very cool. Yeah. Um, what What else can we say about uh, Show and I that we haven't said before? I don't think there's anything. I'm I'm happy to say that it still sells well, and people are still falling in love with it. Um, it's good that people are still talking about it because you don't get retro-style games that people keep talking about it. And it's been two yeah. years that that we're talking about this game. And hopefully we talk about it more because people in Japan are getting their hands on it. Now, I will say the indie scene in Japan is a little bit harder to compare it to America, but I really hope they push it out and it and word of mouth gets out and people in Japan be like, hey, I think you guys really need to play this. Like, I hope it kind of takes away the uh, ideal of mobile gaming and people get back to handheld gaming or even back to the Wii U. Uh, I don't know what systems is on in Japan. I wonder if they put it on everything. I think it, it might just be Nintendo systems at the moment. And maybe PC. maybe because if I'm not mistaken, I think Nintendo's publishing it. Nintendo's publishing. Well, I hope that yeah. people really like play on those systems and be like. You guys are missing out on a good game. You guys, and we know that 3DS is big in uh, in Japan. So it, they need. Uh, hopefully, people decide to p- decide to pick it up and play it on their 3DS and carry it through on the go and really just talk about it. Cause man, that I I would say this: Shovel Knight is a game that we're probably gonna be talking about for the next ten years. And then when it comes to some, when it comes to a big discussion of greatest game of all time, Shovel Knight is going to be up probably from one to ten, like depending on who's yeah. talking about it. Like there's going to be just straight like games that we still talk about and consider as classic. And I think the first day that Shovel Knight dropped, that everybody played it, it was an automatic ten. It was like it became people's game of the year. Mm-hmm. And you know what I. Uh... This whole thing about Shovel Knight coming in Japan makes me makes me kind of sad that I don't own a Japanese 3DS. Because, like, man, if I had a Japanese 3DS, uh-huh. I would totally import a copy of Shovel Knight in Japanese so I can learn Japanese while playing one of my favorite games ever. I wonder if you could order it off of Amazon since they're doing... I can. I can, but I also need to order the 3DS, and it's like, well... <laughs> I don't. I don't have the money to spend on those two things. Oh wow! Yeah. Well, uh, I, I would say watch a video, maybe one level, and see how it's like if the localization is done. Uh, because I think everything is still the same. I think it's just the localization that's different in Japan. Oh no, no, no! no. I agree. I, I'm pretty sure the game is exactly the same as it is here. Uh, but uh, I mean, I, I learned my English mostly playing video games and watching TV. Uh-huh. So, like, why not try to pick up Japanese while playing Shovel Knight? Because it's like I'll, I'll play Shovel. 
Sorry? It's probably like in kanji or something. Oh no, I, I'm pre- I'm pretty sure, yeah. But I can grab a candy dictionary and be like, <laughs> okay, this means this, and then the next character, okay, that means that, and this wiggly line with another two crossing by, this means this. All right, you just want to. I read one word. Version. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but anyways, that is that is uh, that is indie watch for uh, for this week. Shovel Knight, uh, amazing game. So go and pick it up. I mean, just. Do yourself a favor. Pick up the best indie game out there for sure. Yes. It oh, is- and then and then and then stay tuned and buy a tuna cycle in May. Wait, what? Well, hopefully it will be out by May, but uh, we're working. So yes. Oh, cannot wait for that. Uh, more details to come soon. Yay! Sure. So um, that's it for Indie Watch, um, and we're going to get to our our main discussion. Um, Star Fox Zero um, came out uh, this past Friday, um, and we don't know the sales or anything about that. But it's been mixed, uh, not so much mixed reviews, uh, but there's kind of been uh, a debate among, among it. Uh, you know, some people who are who actually play the games, like gamers are kind of debating on why uh, the reviewers, you know, some of the reviewers are reviewing it low or not getting the hang of the game. And it's mostly because of the controls. They say that the game is is good for what it is and what it offers, but a lot of people are having problems with the controls. Now, there's some people in the community who are loving the game and loving the controls, and there are people who are who still love the game and the series, but really having a hard time dealing with the controls. Uh, Arthur uh, from uh, Polygon, uh, give me one second. Uh, Arthur Geese, uh, he wrote on Twitter that he's not going to be playing Star Fox because of the controls. Um, and you can read the story. It's titled Star Fox Zero Channels Everything Bad About Wii U Game Design. And he wrote a blog about it, uh, wrote a, a feature on it, and people really got upset about it, uh, and made a kind of made made a big deal about it. And I always say, and he says in his uh, he says in the blog that this is not a review and that he's not going to play the game because of the controls. And I I presented a question. Um, I, the way I presented the uh, the question to Adrian uh, was uh, about you know uh, realistic graphics versus uh, authentic controls. But we already talked about uh, gra- uh, graphics and gameplay. Um, authentic controls. Uh, why do you think people are having a hard time? Um, playing the game with this kind of control setup. So, if you need to know, uh, with Star Fox Zero, you had use your TV and you use your gamepad. You use the TV for kind of to move your ship around and see what's going in the area. Uh, the gamepad is used for your cockpits to actually get more accurate on shooting down enemies. Um, and so you gotta uh, switch between t- uh, two two views and. Miyamoto uh, believes that when you do this, it makes you really feel like you're in an airplane flying. Uh, what do you think, Adrian? So, <clears throat> I've had the game for two, three weeks now. 
Um, I've been playing it since early uh, early April, and <clears throat> you know, the first time that I started playing it, I I gotta say it was it was weird. It was kind of confusing. Uh, of course, I did the tutorial and I followed the tutorial. Um, there is a lot to take in uh, on the Star Fox Zero. Uh, some things I like, some things I not really. Uh, I wish there was a way to map some of the keys. Uh, there's no way to do that. Um, but other than that, I think people are having a hard time just because of the multitasking. Uh, I don't think people get that they have to... I mean, they get they have a choice, first of all, right? They, have, they can look at the TV or look at the gamepad, or they can multitask and look at both. Right. <clears throat> some stages on Star Fox Heroes... Uh, makes you have to multitask and look at both screens, right? You look in uh, one of the buses or some of the buses. You're looking where the bus is on the TV and you're trying to get close to him. And then when you ch- when you look back at the gamepad, then you can see where his weak spot is and right. then shoot at that. So it's a lot easier to make uh, to uh, to shoot them that way. Um, I agree. It's not intuitive. It's not something that you just pick up and that's it. But if you like get past that and you play the game and you keep fighting the controls and you keep getting better, man, like once, like once you get them down, Oh, it's so much fun. I finished the game four times already. Today was my fifth time finishing the entire game. Um, it takes me, I did a speed run. It takes me an hour and 16 minutes. It's my best time so far wow. uh, beating the entire game. Yeah, and I got lucky. I got uh, some areas that I didn't uh, know about before. Like, I just discovered those areas today. Uh, and it was interesting. I was kind of scared. Like, man, I'm losing a, I'm wasting a lot of time here because I've never played this area before. Um, but, like, I, I still, like, I, I had a very, very good time. Uh, more than decent, I would say, actually. And it just made me excited of all the things that I can pull off. Um there is a moment I'm not gonna mention uh, which boss battle, but there is a moment on which uh, you have to change between the Arwin and the Jarwin, uh... Jarwin. No, 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 the uh, Walker. I guess I was gonna oh, I was okay. gonna call it Chicken Legs, just just like they do in IGN. Um, but uh, there is a moment on which you have you have to fight a boss and you have to change between those uh, a lot, right? Yeah. And there was like there were people uh, like looking at me and I asked them like, hey, do you like do you want to play? Like, no, dude, you're doing fantastic right now. Just just show me how this plays now because I'm just curious to see how you beat this boss. And it was just like me and the Arwen. I was I would like avoid a bunch of stuff, then change back to the Walker, uh, take a look at the enemy, and then just start shooting in the weak spot. And then, like, he will, like, try to grab me again and just do the same thing. And it will, like, I will repeat this uh, thing over and over again. But it seemed so seamlessly that everyone around me was like, oh, man, like, I, I, that's how the game is playing. Like, well, I don't know if that's how the game is meant to be played. That's how I played, and I, I think I'm doing pretty good. So <clears throat> my recommendation for everyone out there that are kind of complaining about the controls, just get past that. Just keep playing. Uh, play for more than a couple of minutes just just keep playing you'll get better and once you get better you'll 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 just love Star Fox and I think a lot of people are just scared because it's new 
and a lot of people are not used to learning new controls. They're they're used to being like, okay, I know this genre and I'm comfortable with it. If it plays like this game, and sometimes you can't really compare games like that, um, they already have an expectancy it's going to play like this. And I th- and everybody should know Nintendo like told you guys that it was going to be something different. Miyamoto even said it was going to be something different, and if you thought you was going to be able to go into the game and be like, well, I'll be able to master this. This shouldn't be too hard. And then go in and feel like that is, is new and you got to learn and it's, it's difficult. It shouldn't be the reason to give up. It, it makes you want to play more so you could get better. And there's, I love video games that do that. That makes you want to get better. That uh, challenge you to get better. Um, like I said, I haven't started the game yet, but I'm like, if you if you even played the old N64 and Super Nintendo Star Fox games, those games are very challenging. And I feel like this Star Fox looks very easier because of the motion control, because of the authentic controls having the cockpit. I uh, To give me more accuracy and be able to move around and look like it. it it's good for me, definitely, because I already multitask in games. Like, how can you accept games like Dark Souls, but you can't accept a game like Star Fox Zero because of the controls? Uh, I think people are... Nowadays, I believe everyone... And uh, this is a discussion that I was having on the uh, NBC group. <clears throat> everyone is kind of used to standard controls right like yeah. first person shooters they have a standard control racing games they have a standard control um fighting games they have somewhat standard controls as well <clears throat> uh my argument was like well like who standardized controls for star fox the star fox is very unique it's not like a flying simulator game it's not like a racing game it's not like a shooter game so who standardized those controllers like that was nintendo and like they're more than free to change the formula at any time. Yes, and I, and I think they did a fantastic job. To be honest, I mean, <clears throat> I if if I say that it feels easier than the uh, than Star Fox sixty four, it's because I think I've played more hours of Star Fox Zero already than I ever play single player on the Star Fox on the Star Fox sixty four. Sorry, right. Um. But, like, I think if I spend the same hours on the Star Fox 64, I would actually think 64 is a lot easier. Uh, man, there is a lot of challenges packed in Zero. There is so many different paths that I I think it has even more branching path than uh, Star Fox 64. Yeah. And um, some of the challenges are insane. Like, today, for example, I beat uh, a hidden bus. That's all I'm going to say. Um, the... the uh, the thing was beat it under uh, like two minutes and and twenty seconds, I think. And my first try, I beat it like four thirty. I was like, man, I don't think I can do better than that. But I kept trying, I kept trying, kept trying, and I got today at one forty six. And I was like, yes, finally. Then I saw a tweet that someone beat it in like fifty eight seconds, and I was like, that's <laughs> that's that's not even cool. I I, I hate whoever finished this in forty eight seconds. That was not fun. That no, you're a jerk, sir. But anyway, um, so yeah, like <clears throat> I think people, yeah, people are used to their standard controls. Just give it a try. Just you know, 
free your mind. This year, you'll, chances are most of people that are uh, going to listen, they're going to be playing VR. That's a whole new, different way to look at video games. Right. Think of a Star Fox of the same thing. Just think of the controls in Star Fox as something brand new that you've never experienced before and give it a try. Just just give it a try. Yeah, I... I think of it as this uh, with authentic controls um, when they make you feel like this is how uh, similar something because to me I really want to see like people who who been in a cockpit who been pilots I want to see them do like a BuzzFeed or a React thing where they play Star Fox Zero and learn the game and be like, yeah, what they did in this game feels like what I do as a job or what I used to do as a retired pilot or something like that. You know, I would love to see that because I'm like, if if the pilots could recognize this and they were just like, yeah, these controls are very authentic, this gameplay, the stuff that they're doing, that's how we would actually be at uh, uh, fighting or dogfighting, this is how we would actually do it. Uh, definitely for people uh, who uh, was playing, uh, oh goodness, what is that Atlas game? Uh, it used to be uh, for Wii. Uh, you was like a doctor. Oh, right there? Uh, trauma Center. Oh, uh, Trauma Center. Yeah, right. Trauma Center. Where uh, even though it wasn't like full like uh, operation, it makes you feel like that with the game, uh, with the remote. You know, that kind of feel like almost uh, a little bit as authentic control because you were kind of also operating. I mean, you, you would change the stuff uh, trying to get the right thing, and they kind of made it feel gamey. But I'm just like, wow, you, you kind of have to take your time to cut through the line to make sure that you don't cut the wrong part and stuff. Like, it really uh, makes you feel like a surgeon and stuff. And I think there's a lot of people who don't realize that when you get a game that has authentic controls, you think that you know it, but you actually don't. And when you have to take time to learn it, some people find that, you know, they don't find that fun. But I'm just like, it makes you actually a better gamer. Uh, because then you know that skill to be able to carry over into a next game or even another genre that offers almost the same thing. Uh, I was talking to my friend. I was just like, there's been reports for people who play like uh, like Mario Kart who's, who use those skills uh, <laughs> on the road, you know, to avoid accidents and stuff. Like, and people who play maybe Need for Speed, like people who play driving games and stuff, whether it's arcade or similar, uh, simulated, there's people who got used to those controls that they presented in real life, and it kind of saved their lives and stuff. Yeah. Sure. It's it's just a matter of opening your mind, I guess, and 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 giving something new a try. Don't don't just don't just bitch about it. Don't just you know listen to what people are saying. Make your own opinion. Just try it out by yourself and and, and see if you like it. I'm pretty sure you will. Right, and I was the first person that at my job to buy the game. No one has bought it yet. But I feel like when it gets close to the summer or so downtime, I think people are going to come in and start buying the game uh, and realize how good it really is. Now, regardless of what the scores are, regardless of um, it might be a game that actually sells well and actually blow 
professional journalists or reviewers' minds to be like, well, we had all these problems, but it seems that you guys were enjoying this game. You know, how do you guys, you know, what are what is your feedback and why do you actually like the game uh, compared to versus to what we had to say and what we thought of the game? Yeah. I uh, I hope people like it. Honestly, um, it's it's a good game. Um, I don't think Ian, the all the all the shit that the game is getting is is funded. I I think I think you should give it a try. This is one of the most polished Wii U games um, out there. Platinum did an amazing job on the action side. Holy moly, is this game uh, very action? It, keep, it keeps me on my toes all the time. Um, and again, like I said, like I've been playing it for the past three weeks and I can't get enough Star Fox. Like I'm, I'm discovering new things. I'm trying to do all the challenges. So, And I'm completely yeah. scared that it's going to be so addictive to me because Star Fox does that to me. Um, I was telling Larry yeah. about that with Star Fox. When I played it on the Super Nintendo, I would spend almost two to three hours replaying that whole game over and over. I mean, I never beat that, the original Star Fox. I even got, like, really far in the game. But every time I got, I end them all my lives, used all my continues or whatever, I would start right again. And and Star Fox for the SNES introduced me to introverted controls with the flying. I never, I didn't know the name for it and stuff. And I feel like uh, with this Star Fox Zero, it seems that it, it it looks like that it still has it, but it looks it it looks to be more easier. Um, I guess it, it is it is it is more understandable. Uh, the the controls there, um, because it kind of feels like a plane, really, like you're flying a plane uh-huh. to some extent. Um, it makes me wish, if I'm honest, it makes me wish Nintendo made just for Star Fox two um, uh, joysticks that you can use to fly the game. That will be so, so good on uh, the Star Fox Zero. Which reminds me, have you seen that Star Wars uh, arcade game? Um, the new one, you mean? No, there's a Star Wars game that is like a big bubble that you actually get in, and it makes you feel like you're uh, flying one of the ships. And so it, it's on rails, but you're using uh like two. Dro- I think you're using one joystick. Uh, but it makes but it makes that's the new one, yeah. And it's well, we ha- we don't have it here in Canada, but I I've oh. heard good things about it there there in the states. Yeah, it, it kind of feels like that, but that one is little arcadey, and that one is actually more is harder controlled compared to Star Fox Zero. Mm, a little bit, yeah. But yeah, again, I wish I wish I had two joysticks to to fly my stuff. I think it will be so much fun. Uh, that'd be a that'd be an arcade game, Star Fox arcade. Oh yeah, but then Bando Nelkai would have to make it. Yeah. <laughs> so I say, yeah, I'm with you, Adrian. Uh, play the game. I I recommend people playing it, picking it up. Uh, or even you know doing co-op with with a friend and stuff, if you don't feel because I really want to see like dads and sons or dads or moms or whoever you know I would like to see family and friends get together and really play that game. 
And I know some people are going to be like, oh, I don't know how to play. And if they just be like, well, you control, uh, as long as you control the flight, I'll do the shooting. And if they could do that and everybody's having fun, it'll be good to go. I think people would just be like, this game is really fun. It might not sell you on the Wii U yet. And I don't think the Wii U has game, uh, desi- uh, bad game design. I think with Nintendo, as always, they want to change how you think about games and how you play them. They don't want to stay in the same formula. Um, mm-hmm. and Because if they stayed in the same formula, you won't have innovation. Uh, and that's what I love about the video game industry when someone actually does something innovative. Yes, I might ha- we might have our problems with VR uh, just right now, but it's it's pushing it. It's do- pushing the boundaries. I'm I'm more critical and looking at looking at it to be like how long lasting it's going to be as a game and how uh, will people get their money money's worth of it. It, it doesn't interest interest me now. Um, because I haven't gotten to try to play it. Like, um, like I always, like I said, like this PAX East would have been awesome if Sony would have promoted it more uh, about them having VR. I would love to see people get get like more reactions about that. If uh, they would be in uh, like a PAX East and playing it there, you know, I think right now Sony, even though they yes E three is coming up, I think Sony needs to get that product out so people can start playing it and getting more of an idea. Because Sony and Microsoft really don't do stuff like that. They really don't promote their products actually at conventions where people could really get their hands on it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I um, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I have nothing else to say about that except yes. <laughs> So, um, we don't have too much of a long show. Uh, we're going to get into our plugs. Uh, Adrian, what, you, what do you have to plug? Uh, so, yeah, the reason why we have a short show um, this week, it's because I'm preparing to uh, hit Calgary Expo, uh, Calgary Comic and Entertainment Expo. I think that's the, uh, the full name of the place, um, which is like, you know, like a local comic con here, but it's very big. A uh, hundred thousand people come every year uh, for that convention there. So uh, yeah, we're going. Uh, me and my friends, we're going to see the first machine. Uh, we're going to be there for all four days, presenting Tuna Cycle. Um, you know, presenting the company and uh, giving some uh, some really cool stuff. If you get like a, a good score, you may win. Uh, you know, like a uh, like a shirt or a mug or some other stuff there. Um, so, yeah, I mean, some really cool stuff. Uh, and then the weekend after that, we're going to the uh, Game Developers Experience uh, here in the city. So, man, like, that's two those, those two conventions back-to-back. No time to rest. Uh, <laughs> so that's the reason, yeah, that's the reason why I show, uh, show this week. I, I just have to get ready. I have to clean my apartment. have to uh, start uh, working on my suitcase. And, of course, I have to... You know, finish Tuna Cycle, which is the big thing. Um, uh, and do so, you yeah. have any dates for those um for those shows? I mean, those uh, conventions. On any what? Sorry, any uh, dates in those for those conventions, like dates and times or anything? Uh, for the conventions, you mean, or the game release? Um, the uh, conventions. Oh, uh, so the conventions for Calgary Expo is um. This April uh, 28th to the 1st, to May 1st, 
Uh, then the game developers experience is, uh, I, I think it starts on Friday. So it's going to be May 6th, 7th, and 8th. Um, again, no time to rest. It's <laughs> I finish one, drive back, rest for a day, keep working. Then the next one, it's, it's just ludicrous. Ah, so um, that's awesome. And Frozen Machine will have a release date in May. Uh, tentative release yes. date in May. We don't know just what day it is, but I definitely cannot wait to uh, get a copy and play it. Uh, I can't wait to actually put my money down, buy me a copy, and enjoy. Appreciate it, man. So, yeah, just check thefrostingmachine.com. Uh, you can see uh, the teaser trailer for Tuna Cycle right there. You can play some of the other games that we work on when we were in the school. Uh, so, just, you know, just go and check that out. Uh, you can follow, yeah, the Frozen Machine on Facebook, uh, Tumblr, Instagram, just Frozen Machine on Twitter, uh, because Twitter doesn't have enough characters to put that in the beginning. <laughs> so stupid. But anyway, yeah, just, yeah, exactly. So, um, so yeah, just uh, just check that out. Also, uh, the NBC Video Game Book Club. We're gonna have the discussion Yay. for Donkey Kong Country on Super Nintendo uh, this following weekend. Uh, although by the time this episode drops, it's going to be tomorrow. Um, so I won't be able to be part of that discussion. That's that's going to be the third discussion that I've missed in over a year of the book club. Um, but of course, I'm going to be busy with, you know, uh, uh, my stuff. So I can't really, uh, I don't want to postpone the discussion just for my sake. Uh, so either uh, Ed, uh, not Edward, well, maybe you all as well. Maybe you can take the lead. But either Johnny, John, or Anthony are gonna are gonna be hosting that. Uh, so yeah, just check that out, and um, follow any of the cool people that are doing podcasts that we know about. Uh, the Geek Guru is a, the Geek Cast is a good one. Um, what else? The DNA, uh, DNA podcast, of course. Probably, yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, Simon's Cake podcast, Cake. Happy Hour with Johnny and Deuce. I mean, how can I forget about that? Oh, uh, can I? Okay, so um, I did a podcast recording with those guys, and I cannot wait for it to be released for you guys to hear it. I had a complete ball with them. Like, we could have talked for hours, but man, it was such an awesome time. So that will be coming soon. Uh, I don't know when yet, but I cannot wait to hear it. Yeah, it it was it was really it was a really all those shows all the shows that I that I mentioned they're good shows so go and check them out and of course the big thing the big elephant in the room elephant though a wise elephant the optional opinion podcast is finally on iTunes yay holy holy it's been a long time coming that makes me super happy I was listening to you for like three hours going to work today. And I'm listening to you again, so I'm sick of you. So let's end this so I can go and make food. <laughs> yes, optional opinion is on iTunes with World 1-1. Uh, so if you go to your search, just type in optional opinion and uh, subscribe. You would get optional opinion and the World 1-1 podcast. Uh, I do have to put up uh, one more episode for World 1-1. 
uh, and make sure that all of this up to date. Um, but you can find uh, more of us on Facebook under World uh, World One One Podcast. You can even email the show and let us know what you th- guys think about uh, Shovel Knight. What you guys think of Star Fox Zero and Authentic Controls. Also, if anyone that's playing the Japanese version, the international version, I should say, a uh, Star uh, not Star Fox of uh, Shovel Knight, you can email us at World One One Podcast at Gmail dot com. That's W O R L D one one uh podcast P O D C A S T at Gmail dot com. Um you can find uh us on SoundCloud uh and on iTunes. Uh you can also find me, um, the lyrical one. Not the lyrical one, I'm sorry. <laughs> uh that's my uh that's my Xbox Live. Um you can find me on Twitter under that retro code. Um uh, uh, T-H-E-R-E-T-R-O-C-O-D-E um, This week uh, I have just finished Doing a week of Optional Opinion blog Well it ain't Mario Where I talked about B rated uh, uh, Platformers So do check out that uh, out You can find that on IGN.com Under anime E-N-I-M-E And also check out that Optional Opinion podcast Where I do a, a, a rundown of those topics and uh, give a, a, a couple of uh, game recommendations. Um, shout out to our uh, uh, big papa, uh, Larry Giver. He wasn't able to make it on this episode. Um, he had family obligations, so we just want to let people know about that. Uh, anything else? Uh, we already did the plugs for all the other podcasts. NBC Video Game Book Club. Uh, they're playing Donkey Kong, and that will be the discussion. Um, we're still waiting to see what the game is for May, so we will let you guys know about that later on. Uh, and also, RIP to Prince. Um, he passed away at the age of 57. Uh, people been watching Purple Rain, buying his CDs and stuff. Uh, he was, like I said, he was a legend and he was an icon to many. Um, and with that being said, we are out. Bye. Later.